I have some great news. The Strong Men of Value Academy applications are open. So from the 10th of June until the 27th of June, we are taking new applications for members like you to join our Strong Men of Value Academy. Who's it for? It's for men who have an understanding of what they want from their life and they need accountability, tips, tools, and tricks to increase your productivity to achieve the goals that you're working towards. We all know that goals are milestones to creating the life that you want to live. So if you are ready to be surrounded by some awesome like-minded men, meet weekly to be held accountable towards the goal that you want, please apply and you will receive a phone call from me directly. If you're wondering if this is still the right fit for you, what I would recommend, if you don't have a life's vision and something that you're working towards creating, go check out our self-discovery program first. That will help you build out your life's vision, get a huge list of goals that you know you need to tick off in order to build that life, and then the academy will be a better fit for you. I look forward to reading your applications, and once again, thank you for supporting the podcast. The Man That Can Project Podcast, a podcast empowering career-driven men to live more fulfilling lives. We are here to challenge your beliefs, redefine success, and talk about the important stuff in a relatable way. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. My name's Lockie Stewart. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome back to the Man That Can Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lockie Stewart, and we have another incredible guest here today, and one that is a bit it'll be a unique conversation I'm a big football supporter I've been a big football supporter and Tottenham supporter since 2000 and what was year was I at school is 2009 I know you're not a Tottenham man Ray but uh, anyway we'll we'll get into that shortly <laughs> um but coming from the football space you know we connected at the gym at Function World where we both uh, train out of and hit it off straight away mate you're a, a man of high energy you're doing incredible things. You have created such a unique pathway for for young children, uh, especially in obviously the football space. And I know you're going in different areas, uh, different sports as well. But to have something like what you've created available when I was a young kid would have been phenomenal. Uh, it wasn't. So the next best thing is really sort of getting to build a better relationship with you, understanding what it's been like for you to establish what you've created and also allow our audience uh, to know of what's available if it, you know their children are pursuing a pathway like that, which will be awesome. So, Ray, I'll pass it over to you first and foremost. I'd love to get a quick uh, introduction around who you are. Obviously, you've moved to Oz, the business that you've created, why you've created it, and then we can sort of dissect from there, which will be fun. Yeah, thanks, Lockie. So my name's uh, Raymond Wood, and I'm not from Australia, as you can tell. I'm from Liverpool in the UK. (laughs) The accent's a bit of a giveaway. I've been very fortunate in my life uh, to have worked in professional football, uh, all the way from that community-based level when I was 18, 19, all the way through to that top end. Uh, I was a good example of the 99.9% in the UK of boys who play football who never make it professionally. And thought, well, that's it. If you don't make it as a pro player, then that's the end of it and your journey's over. I was very lucky to meet a mentor when I was 18 and 19. And he said, you actually realise there's other jobs in football outside of playing. Like you can be a coach, you can be a physio. So I was very fortunate to go down that route. I've worked in Liverpool. I've worked at Leicester City. 
Uh, I've worked at Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, I've had some really, really special jobs and I, I still have to pinch myself some mornings when I wake up to think of some of the places I've worked at. I uh, I went down that journey of doing all my coaching badges and learning everything as much as I could and I'm, I'm still learning every day. You, you still realise you don't know everything and that was one of the best things I ever learned when I got to 25, 26. I was also very fortunate to do a little bit of work in the US college system. So I lived and worked in... Uh, Arizona, I worked in Las Vegas, I worked in uh, some really bad spots like Southern California, Laguna Beach, Huntington, Newport, and probably the worst place I worked was Hawaii. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I don't know how you did that over there. I I can't imagine putting myself through that. No, it it was really, really tough living in Oahu, and then I got placed in Maui for a month, and that was even harder. (laughs) Well, someone's got to do it, right? I was very, uh, I was very fortunate then to come to Australia, and uh, within a few few weeks of being in Australia, I was very lucky to meet my wife Angela, who's a, a Brisbane girl originally from Toowoomba. And um, one of the things that was paramount to me is how young football is in Australia. It's still in its infancy, and there's a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of political stuff that goes on. I think in general in a lot of the sports in Australia, and we tried to identify an area where there was a niche in the market to, to try and assist players. And one of the things we noted was that nothing is for free anywhere you go around the world, but more so in Australia, like football is such an expensive sport to go down, as is sports like tennis or golf. So we thought, how can we put a product together and package it up so it's completely free of charge to come out and have an experience with us and also to give them some invaluable feedback and we come up with the idea of Euro football star and our free objective testing. And we do still get a lot of scepticism. People are like, what's the catch? This is a scam. Because uh, they just don't think that you're going to get anything for free. And that's one of the things that we do. Our first two products we put to market is completely free of charge. Yep. And we basically just want to give back to the community of football and to the not just to the kids, but to the parents who do get put under a lot of pressure to pay for netball, to pay for basketball, to pay for tennis. So we try and eradicate that first hurdle, which is the finances, and that's what we've managed to do with this amazing program. So, Ray, with that, I love the value-first approach, like obviously giving something away to to you know potential clients or customers free of charge. So, one, they can experience what you've got to deliver, but also it provides them an opportunity to become part of the community find out whether they really connect with how you coach and do things, which I think is a big barrier for a lot of people. Like they're often people go, give me your money first and then we'll figure it out. Yeah. From a business standpoint, was it tough to make that decision knowing that the first product or the first service you lead with isn't going to be generating you an income? So essentially you're investing in the player because you know, you're giving up your time, you're giving up your knowledge into these children. Obviously, they're taking a risk. I understand that. But you know, had it not, you know, gone on to then other things that you offer, other services or products or opportunities, um, how would you have felt about that, I guess, just value-free and not being able to build a, a business out of that? It, it was hard. And it was one of the things that I realized that, you know, you sort of get caught up a little bit because you expect people to say, right, okay, well, who's this guy, Ray? Who's he worked for? Well, he's worked in Liverpool. He's worked at Leicester City. But that's not enough. 
And I realised that it's it's not about me. It's about them and what they need and what they would like. And once I started going down that journey of actually realising you've actually got to listen to people and, and what they want and actually move away from what, you know, it's about not about me, it's about the kids. And, and we did run the risk of doing that, but I think one of the big learning factors we went through and everyone went through was COVID. And we realised that was the time when parents and players needed us more than ever. And we had such a good community around us because we had a trip of 80 people going on a tour with us to the UK. They've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars as a group in us as a business to go on a tour. And then here we were saying to them, look, guys, you know, financially, we're in a, a pickle ourselves because we've invested half of this money into deposits for flights. And yeah, we were at our lowest point, but we then realized that community actually rallied around us as a business and supported us. So my big point was the minute we got out of COVID, we were giving as much free stuff away as possible to this community. That is uh, really cool to see that the community that you guys have created and established is there. You know, you can obviously lean on each other through times of hardship or or growth as well, because as we all know, when you're growing, risks are taken and not all risks pay off the way that we want them to. Um, so to be able to have that community around you is a really important thing. I want to sort of touch on or dive onto you personally just for a second, Ray, around um you know, you've got a family and stuff and taking a risk like that, having everyone on board, how did that sort of conversation go around? Because it, the reason why I guess I'll frame this, there will be people listening to this conversation, Ray, who have goals, dreams, and ambitions much like you do, and they have passions that they love, but they haven't taken that risk to pursue it. So what made you different and how did you get your family on board to pursue um, your own football star? I've been I've been very lucky that the family I've got a fourteen year old and an eight year old daughter and they're very supportive of everything I do. They love everything dad does. They think it's cool because it involves a lot of travel and soccer and football and yeah. And uh, I'm very fortunate with the with the wife as well. She's very supportive in the travels and everything we try and do. And it was it was hard, but I think one of the things that I come to realise is, is that. I think it was a message and you were at the same conference. We went to a conference a few weeks ago with David Goggins and and at the end of his book, when I read his book and I listened to his audio book a few years ago, he said it's when, you know, those days come and, you know, we, we pass over to the other side. Do you want someone to question and say to you, you know, what what did you do with your life? You actually so underperformed. You had so much potential. There's so many people out there who want you, they want your knowledge, they want your support, they want your guidance. And I thought, I actually took it for granted that, you know, how much stuff I'd learned in my 20s working around these pro clubs and I had a lot of valuable information to share, not just with the players, but with parents. And I thought, I wouldn't be doing just an in-service to myself, I'd be doing it to the community of Brisbane and Australia as well. Mm. And I thought, I've got to... I've got to do it. And we sort of just went with it and we thought it couldn't be any worse from COVID. And we thought we'd just give it a go and we'll see where we're at. And if we just, I'll be honest with you, we tried about four or five different models with the business and four or five of them failed miserably. Yeah. But we just, we just persisted. And then uh, one of my other great mentors is a guy called Phil Stutz. I don't know if you've seen him. He's got a documentary on Netflix with Jonah Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's amazing. So I've got a, a few tattoos and I don't endorse tattoos as well for any of my players out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my, my, my mum and dad said to me, 
don't get any tattoos when you're older. And if you do, you get them when you're over 25 because then they'll mean something to you. So all my tattoos I got over the age of 25, so they all mean something to me. But one of them I've got on this one, it's pain, uncertainty, and constant work. And they're the three principles that I follow and I understand every day when I wake up, there's going to be pain someday. And it might be you get a flat tire or it might be you lose $10,000 in revenue because that customer's not going yet. Uncertainty, we have uncertainty every day. And I think if we realize things are going to go wrong, then you don't sort of get down in the dumps and you don't get negative too much. Yep. And I think another one is constant work. I think if you have that ethos is that everything's always hard work. The first thing I do when I get up in the morning is make sure the beds are made. I'm banging to the kids. Come on, girls, let's get your beds made. Let's get your bags ready. I think if we start busy, we tend to have a busy day. And at the end of the day, if you've got one step closer, then you're in the right direction. I love those. I've written those down, Ray. Um, so the pain, the uncertainty, and the constant work. And for those who are like me, where you know my wife stays in bed a little bit later than me, so I can't, <laughs> I can't make the bed, or that's my um, reasoning. But that's one thing that I do, I unpack the dishwasher every morning. That's like that's my because I was uh, I'm not going to get my missus out of bed early. She'll not like me. Um, and they, you know, <laughs> happy wife, happy life. So. I've gone to the dishwasher, but I think it's really uh, important to tie those in with what you were saying. You tried multiple different business models. Now, a lot of people don't take action on creating the life that they want because they are worried about failure. Failure yeah. is inevitable. And you mentioned, Ray, you've failed four to five times with your business model alone, right? And myself included with the Man That Can Project, we have shifted our model multiple times to work out what is going to help our our clients in our community most but also what is going to allow me to achieve what i want to achieve as well and you can only learn a lot of that through experience right it's yeah. um, it's a challenging thing for you to pivot though ray have you found it challenging i guess when you've had those moments of failure what kept you going like what where the perseverance and persistence come from one of the areas that I got I got taught uh, by one of my sorry I've got my dog's just growling he's in the office with me sorry about that he wants uh, yeah I've got a German shepherd no twice and uh, <laughs> it's terrible sorry mate I have to have him in with me because if I have him outside he runs up and down barking at the postman all morning right. uh, but back to your question I one of the really good uh, mentors I met he was also a coach educator but he said as well you're definitely going to fail. And everything you do, there's going to be a lot of failure. He said, but the best way you do is you buy an insurance policy. And the insurance policy you buy is, if your interest is in personal training, you have four or five arms to your business of personal training. So if one fails, the other three or four are still working. And and you basically will then find after two, three, four years that that one section of the business did used to work, but it's not working anymore, but it's okay. These yeah. other two areas are working really well. So my my business has evolved in the four or five things I originally started with seven, eight years ago. Only two of them are still in place. Wow. And we just keep evolving. One goes out, one comes in. And yeah, it's just a case of uh, trial and error. And that's, that's where the perseverance comes from now that I know I've got the safety net. And the chances of five things failing at once, that's very, very slim. And, and if that is <laughs> the case... Yeah. That means that you're not putting enough work in. You're not putting enough constant work in. You're not putting up with the pain and you're not putting up with uncertainty. 
Yeah. Uh, and through that, I've learned to build a little bit of resilience in the business. And Let's take a quick break. Are you tired of waking up with a dry mouth, feeling sluggish? I was too, until I discovered the power of mouth taping. I read a book called Breathe and it opened my eyes to how I could get a better sleep. So I started taping my mouth and the results were astounding. Not only did I wake up feeling refreshed, but the data on my whoop suggested I was getting more REM and more deep sleep, which led to me feeling better every morning. But I wanted a better solution, not just sticky tape, something that was effective and comfortable. That is why I co-founded Recoverite with a few friends. We are dedicated to helping Australians get fast and easy access to mouth tape and nose tape so you can breathe better, sleep better and recover right. Use the discount code TMTCP for 10% off at the checkout. Sleep better with recover right. What do you what do you for you when you look at resilience because once again I believe that's an incredibly important thing to develop. It's some people have different thresholds with it. And some people believe if you don't have it, you're never going to get it. I believe it can be learned through seeking uncomfortable situations or pursuing things that require you to grow and, and question your own abilities. For you, is there have there been any standout moments for you where you've faced adversity, Ray? And this could be even from childhood that have really helped you shift your perspective around the challenges, but also build more resilience to to become the man that you are now and create the business that you've created. Yeah, I think it's been more around, and it goes back to my coaching background where I built the resilience, and it was always that old age question, nature versus nurture. Mm. And I was one of the ones who had that growing up in Anfield and Liverpool, the hub of football. You've got, at the time, two of the biggest football clubs in the country, Everton and Liverpool. And every boy at the time wanted to be that professional player. And you get told from the television adverts and the, the sports channels, you know, you know, Lionel Messi was born talented, Ronaldo was born, or they're so lucky the parents, but they didn't actually see what goes on in the background to get there. And we we I sort of looked at it and then when I was doing my studies in the early twenties, it started to come to fruition more that actually it's actually a lot more nature. And then the more I delved into it, it was ninety-nine point nine percent nature. The nature elements, like, yeah, if your future growth potential is going to be five foot one, there's a good chance you're not going to be an NBA basketball player ever. Yeah. I understand that. But 99% of people don't have uh, physical inabilities around sports, as an example. Uh, and that was one of the areas that I realized that nature was such a, a key thing. And, and look, one, one of the fun ones was when I was at Leicester City, I worked with a guy and he was a very old school coach and he won't mind me saying this and he's one of my good friends. He's in his 60s now and he was definitely, definitely, he was nature. Everything's born. You're born talented. You're gifted that stuff and you don't have to work for anything. Yep. And I said, well, let's maybe choose a sport. I said, you know, we work in football together. Pick a sport that we've got no background in. I said, I've got an 18-month-old at home and uh, let's pick a sport for it. So we chose tennis. So we had a £5 bet, which is about $10. And we've still got the bet going. And I said, I can turn it into a, a professional tennis player. I said, just proving that it's, it's nature and just giving it the opportunities and giving it the environment. Now, a lot of people might say, oh, well, 
you know, Ray, you've you've worked in professional football, you worked in the Premier League, you must have been on a million pounds a year and you can afford that. Well, no, I wasn't. I was on about twenty thousand pounds a year, which is about forty thousand dollars. We were on the bottom bread line and I used to just get out on a tennis court with my daughter two, three hours most days, and she's fourteen years of age. She's now playing open women's tennis. She's won nationals. She's won state titles. She's flying to Barcelona in a few weeks to play open women's professional tennis. And that was following nature, not nature. Uh, so it's all about that resilience, that persistence, and, and actually understanding that everything you get out of life is what you put in. It's that simple. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that because we did speak about that when we caught up for coffee the other day. And I, I was very interested by it because i'm a massive believer of you put in the work and you put yourself in the right situations and i think a good point that you touched on was you know genetically if you're five foot one might be a bit challenging for the basketball it's much like if you live in the middle of australia you don't get access to a beach much it's probably going to be a bit restrictive on you becoming a professional surfer so yeah you need to, you need to <laughs> identify those and it you know be aware of that and yes you can make some changes to make that possible but there are some things that maybe not so then work with what you can to to make that a reality for yourself as a parent though as well what has that been like watching your daughter develop and not only i guess seeing her turn into an incredible athlete but the relationship you guys must have as well because you have invested so much time together as as a father and a, a daughter as well what's that been like yeah, it's definitely been challenging because in those first couple of years when she's, you know, six and seven, little girls just want to be with the dads. It's that simple. When they're 14 and 15, they want to be with mum and going shopping and doing girly things. But <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was really challenging. And, and also, I'll be honest with you, it was a really interesting journey for me because it does affect your relationship as a dad and a daughter or a dad and a son or a mum and a son. And it got to a point where I had to really step away from it. And, and we were very fortunate that we were in a financial position because I started to work hard and because the football business was going well. I could hire those coaches who were $100 an hour. And mm -hmm. she's got two of the most amazing coaches she's worked with since she's seven and eight. And uh, both of these guys, Glenn and Josh, have been in her life since she was five or six. And they've really took that on. And it's lovely just sitting back as a dad, just watching a train and watching her playing games. Yep. There's a there's there's a lot of battles also as with girls. It's hard and I, I work through it with the with the women's players and girls players in football. But you know, girls definitely have to go through a hell of a lot more than boys do. And and it's hard for them that everything they go through, even when they go through that puberty stage and the changes yeah. that goes on and the changes in the body. And just to be able to try and help her with that and manage her through that, I think I'll be honest, because I was involved in football and also I was very lucky to do a little bit of work with the women's game as well. It sort of gave me a little bit of a, a an edge on bringing girls up. But I'll be honest, if I, if I didn't have that, I definitely would have struggled because you see what they, they have to go through and the challenges, it's, it's hard. But... But no, we got through it and she's at that age now. She's 15 in September and she's turned into a, an amazing young woman and uh, yeah, we're very excited and, and look, whatever she does now in her life, she's got that opportunity that she can, worst case scenario, maybe become a tennis coach, uh, become a physio within the world of tennis, or she might choose to go down a different route. But we just thought we didn't want to just give her an academic background. We wanted to give her a sport as well. And 
I mean, what I've done so far with my life, I've been very, very fortunate and happy. And I, I think if she got that worst case scenario, that wouldn't be a bad outcome. Definitely. And you touched on that earlier. There's so many ways to still be involved in sport, even if you're not a player. And I think that often goes overlooked because if you love a game or if you love a sport, there's so many ways you can get involved in it. And obviously, majority of people want to be the cream of the crop player. We want to be a Messi. We want to be a Ronaldo. But, you know, the deck mightn't fall that way. So wherever else you can get involved is definitely a, a great way to be. And you can still get to the cream of the crop, whether it is as a physio or a, whatever that role looks like as well. I think that's important. Yeah, 100%. And and just to be part of it, it's just an amazing thing. And I think as well, being in the sports industry, whether you are a coach, a physio, a personal instructor, you know, I, I just think it just gives off the right messages to children and, and the habits that we want to form in them from a young age is, you know, that health and fitness. And and, and as a coach, I'll be honest, in my 30s, I, I let myself go a little bit and I was very overweight. And I had to sort of look in the mirror and say, Ray, you're not sending a good message. Like you're a coach, you've got a lot of knowledge, but you don't look the part as well. Like you've, yeah. you've got to say what you're preaching. And I wasn't putting in the three, four hours a day on the football pitch, but there was no excuse why I shouldn't have been getting in the gym. Yeah. And uh, and some of the best lessons I learned were from seven and eight-year-olds. They teach me a lesson every day. <laughs> Far out. That's unreal. And what made you get like, you're getting those lessons from the young kids. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and realizing you're not setting a good role uh, i guess a good example for what you wanted what did that actually look like then what made you go i need to get my health back in order my energy back in order i think really i thought for the children deserve the best version of ray wood and i thought the best version of ray woods would be the one that's very well slept full of energy the knowledge is coming out you know he's he hasn't got maybe a hangover because he had a couple of beers on the sunday night and yep. I thought the, the, the children deserve the best version of me. And I thought the best version of me has got to be the Ray who's, you know, well-rested, full of energy. And that means things like, you know, I went through a journey of curb and alcohol and I stopped, unfortunately, growing up in the UK. Football and beer are very closely aligned. <laughs> and uh, yep. it's like a rite of passage when you're 15, 16. And in England, we get what's called the National Insurance Card, which is like your tax file number. Yep. And that dad was like, right, once you get your first job, you're going to take me for a beer. And, but not really realising the effects of alcohol as well and how it can affect you. And, and that journey I went down the past year or two, that's been an amazing journey to give up alcohol. And my, my business, ironically, has gone tenfold since I've made a lot of these changes more recently as well. And it's because I can give the best version of me. And, and I think everyone sees that as well. Have there been any challenges with changing your relationship with alcohol? So, you know, minimizing it or cutting it off? Have there been, I guess, any social impacts or anything like that for you personally, or has it been smooth sailing? It's uh, it's actually surprisingly been very smooth sailing. And nice. I think uh, I, I definitely, I always wanted to, to give up drinking because I knew putting alcohol into your system is not a good thing. And at the end of the day, that's everyone's choice. I don't ever cast opinions on anyone who drinks. Uh, but it definitely is not a good thing uh, from the research and studies that I discovered. And I read a book called The Alcohol Experiment mm. by a, an amazing lady called Annie Grace. And she basically takes you on a 30-day journey and she gets you to drink in this 30-day uh, journey, but she also gets you to abstain. And at the end of the 30 days, she basically says to you, well, it's up to you now. Do you want to keep going? 
do you want to drink more? Do you want to drink less? Or do you want to stop? After the 30 days, I stopped. And since then, I haven't had a drink since. And I never had a drinking problem where I was drinking 20 a day. But there would be some afternoons that have three or four. Some weekends, I'd go out with the wife, we'd have dinner. We like to party. We like to dance. We'd have 10, 12 drinks. And, and then you just sort of realise, well, come Monday morning, again, I wasn't giving the best version of me to my players, to my business. And... Uh, yeah, I was very, very lucky to to get this book and yeah, it really helped me and made me realise. But it's been a really easy process and I'd recommend it to any mums and dads out there who do like a drink or a wine, but definitely knows it's probably not the best thing sometimes. Just to have a little look at the book. It's it's a phenomenal book. Yep. And then I think alcohol as well, once again, there's whatever works for your lifestyle. But I think about it definitely makes some experiences awesome, but in moderation when you can do too much at rob's time for the next day or as you said you're not showing up as the best version of yourself and for those who have children right you there's a, a great poem i read or i can't even remember now but it was called 18 summers right and this dad his son was 13 and his daughter was eight i think and he looked around and he realized shit like i'm always working i'm always hung over I'm not making the most of my time with my children. You know, I've got five summers left with my daughter, uh, my son, and you know, whatever eight left with my uh, daughter. How am I going to maximize those summers? What do we want to experience? Because there will come a time where their lives start, and you don't get those opportunities again. And I think it's very important to think about the things that we're doing now. Eventually, there'll be a last time we do it. So. To, to I guess appreciate the moments appreciate the times we spend with it and also consider whether the impact of alcohol is worth it or not is like okay well you know there was at one point Ray there would have been one time where your parents put you down for the last time yeah you never and you don't know when that is yeah but it just happens and you're like yeah oh, I've got to walk now okay well yeah. <laughs> what, what other moments in my life is that going to happen and if I knew that I was happening tomorrow, how would I treat the situation or the experience? Would I want to be drunk or would I want to be fully functional for it? Yeah, 100%. And I think the the biggest thing is people don't realize that they're how short life can be. and how mm. It can be taken from you in a, you know, a snap of a finger. And and even the social aspect, you know, we touched on there, with the, you know, the drink and how to deal with the social aspect because it is it's hard in a community where you get to Friday night and you go, oh, we've had such a big week. Let's go and have a few drinks and have a dance. And that yeah. was one of the things I actually realised. It was really funny, actually, because I actually bumped into Amy and Emma yeah. at the uh, Venger Boys concert. Did and, you really? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I hope I didn't get them in trouble. And hopefully you were aware they were at the Venger Boys yeah, concert. Yeah, no, we, we were at a box party, so the girls were there, yeah. And uh, I was there with my wife and uh, our friend Kerry, who's godmother to my daughters, and she's good best mates with my wife. And yep. we were at Venger Boys, and my backstory is I spent a lot of time growing up in Ibiza, or Ibiza, as you guys call it in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So Venger, Venger Boys is my, one of my best all-time bands. And, yeah, just to be there and seeing everyone have a good time, that was the, always my biggest fear, being able to enjoy yourself when you're not having a drink. And actually... You know, they've invented these things called zero beers and they actually don't taste too bad and you've got Amazing. a beer in your hands. And do you know what? I partied, I danced and, yeah, we had fun. And it's like, yeah, I think you've just got to get away from those uh, situations where you think you've got to have a drink if you go out. You don't have mm-hmm. to have a drink. And you know what the good thing is? You get to drive home. You don't need to hire an Uber. 
and you tend to not end up with a kebab in your hands on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> and you wake up with a good head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you're like me, I get so moody when I drink. So I'm like, it it avoids whatever the re- repercussions of being a moody prick is. I said, yeah. so many. But the Vanger Boys, <laughs> mate, I saw a lot of uh, uh, what are, uh, stories, Instagram stories of it. It looked insane. It was amazing, mate. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so good. Boom, boom, boom. How good. Mate, but I won't take up too much more of your time. I'd love to just quickly, because we we do have a lot of parents that listen to this, especially dads, obviously, with the audience. And I know that a lot of people, and just quickly, I believe getting your kids into sports is so important because it teaches you so many things that are very important for life around building rapport and being a part of a team. So understanding you may not always be the A person, but the B person's equally as important, right? Their team, teamwork, everyone's role is important. Teaches yeah. resilience through obviously being rejected, sometimes setbacks, overcoming adversity. There's so many things that sport teaches you, especially team sports, that will set you up for success in your life. So for those, um, can you give us a quick rundown on how Euro Football Star works, who it's for, like the children, how people can find more information Right, that would be awesome. Yeah, so we the Euro football starts for boys and girls. It's aimed for we accommodating our programs from ages five years of age all the way through to 22, 23. We deal with players who are at that elite end all the way down from the, the start of the of the journey. And our, as I say, the first product they put in with us, it's completely free of charge to come out there. They have a fun day or an afternoon. Yeah. They also get taught some skills. They get free feedback. Uh, and then they get like a really nice design report and it's on a three or four pages of A4 that gets emailed on a PDF. And it basically shows them some of the steps that they can do where yeah. they can actually go out with mum and dad and practice these steps. They don't need to be a coach. They don't need to have any backgrounds in football. And that was one of the hurdles that we found that this generation, a lot of the parents grew up with rugby league, grew up with rugby union, and yeah. that's fine but they just want to know some basic things. So we put six videos together on our website again, which is free of charge to access. We don't charge for it. And they can follow those systems. And also the beauty of it is mum and dads get to out and have a kick. And you tend to find a lot of these mum and dads who never play football, they're probably at the same level of their six or seven-year-old as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's quite funny for the you know the mum or the wife to sit back and watch dad and son or even vice versa, the dad to watch the mum and the son or mum and the daughter have a go at some of these challenges mm. and uh, it's just a real fun thing for them to go into and then if they get down that more serious route and they're getting in to football we can then assist families like as an example some of the schools we've got in brisbane are amazing you know you've got schools like churchy nudgy brisbane grammar they cost a lot of money to go to but what a lot of people don't realize is it might be twenty five thousand dollars a year for that school life every year which in turn could be a quarter of a million dollars. It's a big investment. If they spend enough time with their children from the ages of five to 10, I can guarantee you through my process, I can get those children a full scholarship at school. It's that simple. And it's all about putting in a bit of time and a bit of effort with your children. And all of a sudden, you don't have to pay fees for those schools because nudgy, Brisbane Boys Grammar, St. Margaret's, all these big schools all have scholarships for academics and sports. And and it's actually, it's just a case of getting up one or two mornings a week and spending a bit of time with your children. And there's so many 
positive outcomes from this. Mm. One, little Johnny or little Sarah gets to spend the morning, the first hour of the day with dad or mum down at the park before school. Dad actually feels a bit better and a bit more motivated for work. Yeah. And then the option at the end is, is that they do get that opportunity for the scholarship and financially that burden is removed from the family. And that's one of the things we offer. We offer that support and also that programme. And again, it's not a huge cost, that programme. You're looking at maybe a few hundred dollars a year just to be given that programme to follow. Yep. And and a little bit of like we call our secret recipe. It's a document that we share with the parents and they can follow that secret. And I know it works because, as I said, I've got no backgrounds in tennis. I never played tennis. I never coached tennis. But we went down that journey with our daughter and we've been very lucky that she's at high school and she's on, she's on scholarships now playing at tennis. That's unreal. So... Where do people head to find more information on that? What's the website, et cetera? So it's eurofootballstar.com. Yep. And we, yeah, that's our main website. Or you can email us info, that's I-N-F-O, at eurofootballstar.com. And hopefully we'll we'll share it down on the links below as well or in yeah, the comments. We'll do all that. And just uh, quickly as well, is it just Brisbane-based or where where can people get access as well? So we're, we're actually national, so we've got something that's really exciting. One of the big things that we realised is there's a lot of regional areas around Australia that yeah. can't access this. And one of my big issues that I've always said to the wife is I wish I could replicate myself 100 times over because it would be an amazing business model, but also we could give back so much more to people. Yeah. And through technology, we've now just in the testing phase of launching our app on iOS. So we're going to be launching an app in the next couple of weeks, and that's for everyone, whether you live in Brisbane or Sydney, or if you live in some of the outreach areas that we've recently been to, the likes of Gympie, Emeralds, we're going to Perth in a few weeks. Uh, we still will have them programs where we will travel around and see some of our players and families, but also now they've got Ray Wood and Euro Football start in the pocket, and they can get all the learning on the app. And again, the app's going to be completely free of charge, so everyone can go on and access it for free. And then if football gets really serious for them in the latter stages of the teenagers, that's when they then start to pay for some of our products and services. But at the beginning, the first few years, it's completely free of charge for people to join us on the journey. Good on you, Ray. I love it. Mate, thank you so much for your time and thanks so much for coming on. And for everyone listening as well, Ray and I are going to be doing a few live series while you're out traveling, traveling the world. So we'll be um, plugging those. So stay tuned for the information there. All the links that Ray has mentioned will be below along with your social media, et cetera. So if you feel you'd love to get in contact with Ray or get your kids involved, you're more than welcome to follow those links as well. Cheers, Lockie. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to the Man That Can Project podcast. My name is Lockie Stewart, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. If you did, please take a moment to rate and review the Man That Can Project on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with our newest episodes. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Man That Can Project podcast. My name is Lockie Stewart. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. If you did, please take a moment to rate and review the Man That Can Project on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with our newest episodes. We'll see you again next time.